0: Hi, welcome to Totem Talks, I'm Helen Fruin and I'm delighted today to be joined by Lorna McCallum in the first of our new series on Three Conversations. Now if you've been listening to Totem Talks, you've probably heard us mention a few times that I'm writing a book on how we have difficult conversations and how indeed we can get the results we want in life, in work, through some pretty tricky conversations. And so as part of writing that book, I'm interviewing a lot of people about Well, three conversations in particular. So let's dive in to first off, getting to know about Lorna.
1: Okay. Well, what I want to start off with actually, Helen, is, is your talk about difficult conversations has actually given me real food for thought here. And I'm sure I speak for most people when I say I'd rather avoid difficult conversations because we often hope that the problem will just disappear. And I would say that in my experience, the problem often gets bigger because it fuels itself inside our brains. And the two stories that you'll you'll hear from me are examples of the right way and the wrong way to have a difficult conversation. Yeah. But what I've learned from both experiences is always to ask myself this question, what are the consequences if I don't do this? And it's the same question that I asked myself 11 years ago when I made the decision to give up a well-paid job, a company car, and go to university for the first time as an undergraduate student. Oh, wow. What are the con... Yeah. So what are the consequences if I don't do this? And the answer to me was a life half-lived, never reaching my full potential, an existence and survival, rather than enjoying life to its full, because what I do now is I work with organisations who and they're receptive organisations but they're ones who are, want to be courageous yeah. about change and that for me is the driving passion in my life because we only have one life mm. and I think not to strive to fulfil your, your, your full potential is, is damaging for me um, and it's potentially shortening the impact that I could have on other people. Mm. So it's it's been quite a journey I've been on, but for me that that higher purpose is what fuels me on, and that's why I enjoy doing things like this because it keeps on pushing me out of my comfort zone and keeps pushing my boundaries. Um, and that's why I think what you're doing is so relevant, Helen, about having those difficult conversations and just not shine away from them and that's what I do in my business now is actually talk to people about having difficult conversations because when you go through any kind of change you are going to come across barriers and problems and it's how you best overcome those and that's that's what matters to me
0: Wonderful. Thank you so much. Okay, let's dive into our three conversations. So the first conversation I'm interested in, Lorna, is a really big, scary one. Uh, A big conversation that maybe you could have avoided for the rest of your life, but you're really glad that you did this. What is that for you? Okay,
1: Helen. So the really big conversation that I had was actually back in 2008 And just to give you a little bit of context, um, I was working for a big construction company at the time and I had been off ill for a period um, of about eight eight or nine months with depression. Mm. I'd gone back to work and within about a month and a half, I knew that things had changed. I wasn't getting the support that I needed while I was at work. And I also had the feeling that what I was doing which working in the IT department just wasn't for me anymore mm. so I knew I needed to have a big conversation with my husband and what happened actually was we were walking home from work one evening and it all just came kind of blurting out <laughs> which is not great, not great um, for for a man who is is very solid, methodical, practical having an emotional outburst not the best to be totally honest with you yeah. um, and all I basically did was I said look I'm really struggling here it's not going the way that I wanted it to I'm not feeling supported I don't think I want to do this anymore and by the way I think I found what I really want to do and where I really want to go is go to university for the wow. first time Um, to do an undergraduate degree so you can imagine his reaction to that which was oh my god so you're basically telling me you want to leave your job but not only do you not want to get another job you want to go to university and it's for the first time ever and you're 42 and you know that the tutors are going to be older than you are what's going on yeah so quite quite scary for him Mm. um but for me, it definitely was a sense of relief. Right. And and I think what worked really well was, although that was the initial conversation, we did have subsequent conversations after that because mm. there was a lot to get sorted out. I was on a good salary. I had a company car. We had to work out, right, how are we going to make this work? Mm. Um, what support am I going to get? And starting to go into the detail, which Jackie's really, really good at, actually. Right. I'm a bit blue sky thinker, you know, just feel no fear, just go for it anyway. So I don't always dive into the detail. So having his input really helped hugely. And I'm delighted to report that following those conversations, I did end up going to university. I did. Yeah two years of an honours degree. I then went on to do a master's degree in communication and business management and graduated from both with distinction um, Amazing. Af- after three years. So it really turned my life around because since then I have been living. What I've always dreamed about is about helping people with internal communications and wow. how you change people's behaviour so for me
0: amazing
1: definitely absolutely incredible
0: And what really stands out for me in this, I mean, gosh, there's so much in terms of the, the content itself of what you went through and the emotion behind yeah. that conversation. What strikes me is that often when we talk about difficult conversations, we seem to imagine that it's just one. And that if we have this yeah. one conversation, things will be fixed or things will get worse or like, like it's just one conversation. But as you've described, there was one of these kind of blurt out conversations and then many more that followed.
1: Yep. Yep exactly because I think I think with something as big as that you're just not going to be able to get get it done in one conversation because right for me where, where we're both similar is we get drained really quickly if there's if there's too much that we're trying to sort of pack into a conversation mm. so we're very mindful about yes have the initial one but don't make it too long I think it, yeah that first time it was maybe 15 20 minutes um i think the other thing that worked really well for us was it was on neutral territory we're very careful about not having um big conversations like that if we're at home for example
0: right because
1: it's too laden with lots of um unseen things where it it just didn't feel like the right environment um Mm. and we do that quite a lot we actually go walking quite a lot just mm-hmm. so that we're we're out of our normal environment and it just feels freer it feels right. more relaxed actually doing it that way so yeah. i would say that worked
0: really well too brilliant amazing okay so then by contrast we, we talk about these big scary conversations but also we can have these little conversations every day that can improve our lives our work what, what's an example of one of those for you
1: so i've got a completely different um Mm. example for this one and again just to give you a bit of context so my my dad went into care about six weeks ago now um he's he's got dementia Mm. um and as you can imagine quite upsetting for the family and we haven't been able to see him and it's it's really unfortunate with covid it's it's just not been possible to you know just be able to see him and the home that he's in have been really really good in saying
0: okay.
1: look why don't you have a facetime conversation with your dad okay. so six weeks yeah so after six weeks I I arranged that conversation and I'll be honest I was really nervous about about doing it because I mm. thought will he lo- will he have lost weight will he still know who I am Will he ask me when I'm taking them home? There mm. could be all sorts of things that if I'm not prepared for, I don't know how I'm going to react to this. Okay. So, but what drove me towards it was thinking of, what are the consequences if you don't have that conversation? Mm. And the big one in my head was, the longer I leave it, the more difficult it's going to be to have that FaceTime call with them.
0: Interesting.
1: So, yeah. So last week we had the conversation mm-hmm. and to be honest it went better than I expected. Great. He looked he looked fab. He looked Great. really relaxed. There was no anxiety, no Lorna, when are you taking me home? There was nothing like that. And I just thought this this makes such a difference actually because he still looks like my dad. He's, mm. He hasn't deteriorated and that gave me a huge amount of confidence. So it basically just means that I'll be more than happy to do it the next time round. Great. And in actual fact, next time is next week. So Brilliant. it's that regular conversation that I'm going to be having with them until we can see him.
0: Yeah, and I think, great. I think
1: that's really important. Yep. So... Yeah and that interesting
0: how yeah definitely that that thought for you of you know obviously you're gonna have a conversation with him at some point or see him at some point and the longer you leave it the more difficult that's going to be yeah uh yes. so i guess the old phrase bite the bullet uh comes into play there
1: definitely definitely yeah and i'm, and I'm so glad i did um and mm. i think the other thing that really helped was i actually prepared for the talk because I thought wouldn't there would be nothing worse than actually getting on the phone and if he's quite quiet I'll be struggling to sort of think right what can I talk to him about so okay. I had a little bit of a plan that I thought I can tell him about my day-to-day stuff that I'm doing um, I can talk about his past because that's one thing that I know helps engage him yes. and and I can tell him a funny story as well so I had that <laughs> lined up <laughs> excellent my, so you know so I thought I've got my bases covered so that if I've I've got enough enough material to go on where we're not going to be sitting there looking at each other thinking mm. what what do we say next so right for me that was that was a brilliant part of it actually
0: fantastic yep yeah. And, and so I feel like the, the third conversation is the conversation about conversations. And yeah. uh, what have you learned in all your life experience and, and particularly, you know, now advising people on internal communications? What have you learned about how to do these conversations? I, I feel like we've already covered a bit of that in the talk so far. But yeah. what, what would be your kind of top tips to share with people?
1: So I've got a few. Um, I think my first one is, is I would say, if you can, communicate early. Mm -hmm. Don't let things build up to the extent where you get that blurt out. Um, Mm -hmm. It's it's very easy where you've got things going round in your head and you forget that the person you're about to speak to knows nothing of that. Mm. So I always think, lead up to it gently, let people know what you're thinking because it's it's a high-risk strategy having that blurt out because Mm -hmm. Jackie could have had a very different reaction to that. Um, And it was thanks to his concern that it went the right way eventually. But he could have reacted very differently to that blurt out. So that that's my one big tip. Mm. I think I think the second point is is always to think about what are the consequences if you do or if you don't have those conversations whatever Love they it. are because that certainly spurs me on quite a lot of the time what is going to happen if I do have this conversation what is the likelihood of things happening that aren't going to go the way that I want them to if I mm-hmm. don't have that conversation so it's all about the impact for me as well yeah. and I think the, the third point, the penultimate point that I'll make is is have them on neutral territory, go somewhere mm. where it's it's completely free and open. Um, for me, it's always got to be walking. I like going by the sea as well. It gives oh, you a wow. sense of tranquility. So yeah. that's a good point. We couldn't do that at that point in time because you know, it was difficult to get away. But I would always say, go somewhere where you feel nurtured and you feel supported. And for me, being by the sea is one of them and i think the final point i would make is is be prepared Mm. i don't think overanalyze what you think the other person's going to say to you because that will paralyze you but at least think about likely scenarios of how you think that person might react and be prepared for them um Mm. think about how you might respond but as i say don't don't spend a lot of time on it and certainly don't overanalyze it because that will stop you from doing anything So that would be my five
0: tips. Wonderful, thank you so much. Gosh, there's so much in there. I think uh, if I just pick up on that final one, because the tendency to overanalyze and think, oh, what if Jackie says this? What if Jackie says that? What if my dad does this? What if... And we get into this absolute paralysis of yeah. panicking about all these different scenarios. And what I notice really makes a difference for people. The, the difference for me between preparing and overanalyzing or, or ruminating in an unhelpful way yeah. is that the preparing is say, OK, if they do that, how would I like to respond? Whereas the unhelpful version is just going around in circles going, but what if they do this? What if they do this? And we say, what if they do this? But we don't answer the question. Whereas preparing is about answering the question. Well, if they do that, this is how I can be ready to reply.
1: Yeah. Yeah, um, absolutely. And this is a wee small tip that might actually Mm. help some people is I, what I tend to do is, is I set a timer for about 10, 15 minutes, normally Mm -hmm. about 10 minutes, and that is all the time i give myself to Ah. analyze because otherwise i can i can definitely be off that let's look at every scenario and i just think you don't have the time and you want it to be natural as well for Mm. us if you've prepared a script it's not good so 10 minutes max set the timer and just write down what you want to say bullet points not sentences
0: yeah excellent Love it. Oh, Lorna, thank you so much. It's been a real pleasure to hear the, uh, as we say, the, the big and the small. Although, in my mind, your your small conversation, it actually felt really big. Because as you say, yeah. the, the concern for you about seeing your dad in that way and the concern about leaving it longer and the risk that could have. Yeah. Although, although the result is now you'll be having these regular conversations and they're small, actually felt like a big deal. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, it did. But in the grand scheme of things it's 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 a it's a conversation that you're having so mm. that was what kind of made it feel like small um you know because it's 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 not it wasn't a really big thing um it was only going to be 10 15 minutes it wasn't going to be that right. long so that was where i thought it's small but in but in terms of impact oh gosh yeah. yes yeah it it was a big one actually
0: and maybe oh. that's the point with all this, that those small conversations often do have the biggest impact.
1: They, they do. They absolutely do. Yeah. yeah.
0: Fantastic. Lorna, thank you so much for joining us today on Totem Talks. For all of our listeners, uh, as always, please do subscribe on the various different platforms. You can find us on YouTube, Anchor, Spotify, iTunes. We're everywhere, it seems. Uh, so do sign up. And Lorna, if people wanted to follow you, to look you up, where can they find you?
1: Okay. So you can follow me on Twitter. So I am elephant underscore IC or, or connect with me on LinkedIn. That would be absolutely fabulous.
0: Fantastic. And we'll put links to that below in the description. Thanks so much. We wish you an enjoyable rest of the day. Thank you, Lorna. That is lovely. Absolute pleasure, Helen. All the best to you.